Welcome to Osteopathy Unplugged. I'm Steve Paulistio. And I'm Bonnie Gintestio. We're American osteopathic physicians, and we're a married couple devoted to the practice and the study of osteopathic medicine. Join us as we sit in conversation, talking about the inner and outer workings of osteopathy. Hey, Bon, what's the topic of today's discussion? In this episode, we will be talking about the central question, what is osteopathy? This will be the first of a two-part series answering this question from our point of view. Hey, Steve, can you give our audience your elevator speech regarding this important question? Its name comes from the notion that the speech should be casually delivered in a short period of time that it takes to ride an elevator. Okay, Steve, let's hear your elevator speech. There are two ways to get licensed to practice medicine and surgery in the United States. One way is to become a DO, and the other way is to become an MD. DOs and MDs practice side-by-side at all levels of medicine, surgery, and obstetrics. We practice in all the same specialties and subspecialties. There are DO family doctors, pediatricians, obstetricians, general surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, cardiologists, ER doctors, and on and on. DOs attend a separate medical school than MDs. DOs go to four years of osteopathic medical school, and MDs go to four years of allopathic medical school. After our respective medical schools, we earn different degrees and participate in the same internships, residencies, and fellowships together. The difference between a DO and an MD is that DOs get extra training in a type of manual medicine or manipulative medicine called osteopathic manipulation. We also get extra training in anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and a holistic way of looking at the body in health and in disease. Osteopathic medicine in the United States is the only profession in the world where a fully licensed physician gets extra training in manual medicine. So Bonnie, how do you briefly answer the question, what is osteopathy, to a stranger or a new patient? Being a DO, or a doctor of osteopathy, is one of the two ways to practice medicine and surgery in the United States. Everyone knows about MDs, but DOs are equally qualified and fully licensed to practice all aspects of mainstream medical care, as well as offering a hands-on approach we call osteopathic manipulation. We are trained in all the ways MDs are, and in addition, we study the structure or the anatomy of the body as a way to diagnose and treat the way the body functions. Our treatments create an environment that favors the self-healing abilities of the body. Osteopathy often uses the musculoskeletal system as a gateway to treating the whole body. We don't only take care of problems with bones, joints, muscles, and other connective tissues. We also address all the systems and functions of the body through our hands-on treatment. What makes osteopathy unique is our acknowledgement that freedom of motion is key to health and wholeness and the ability to heal or to creatively adapt to illness, injury, or the effects of aging. In my practice, I address movement of all tissues, fluids, spaces, thoughts, and even emotions. Osteopathic philosophy, more than a specific treatment technique, guide the way that osteopaths evaluate and treat their patients. Practicing osteopathy becomes a worldview as well as an approach to treatment. Both of us have not really answered the broader question, what is osteopathy? We more accurately answered What is an American DO from our perspective? So, I'm going to offer my best concise definition of osteopathy. Osteopathic medicine is a healthcare system that uses osteopathic manipulation, 
and the clinical application of osteopathic principles in patient care. Hmm. The problem with this concise definition is that it's too concise. We need a lot more detail, and this definition does not jive with the undemanding concepts established by the American Osteopathic Association and accepted by the vast majority of American DOs. We'll discuss the AOA's basic four tenets of osteopathy later. I agree. We've danced around the question, what is osteopathy, a bit, and have not fully provided an answer. Let's dance some more and then come back to specifics later. I propose that we ask a series of important questions and discuss them in greater detail. Let me start. What is the difference between an American DO and a non-American DO? An American DO has an unlimited license to practice medicine, surgery, obstetrics, and osteopathy. Non-American DOs have a limited license to exclusively practice osteopathic manipulation. The United States is the only country where training an osteopath is integrated with becoming a physician. The vast majority of American DOs practice allopathic medicine identically to MDs. Only about 5% use osteopathic manipulative treatment on a regular basis. Osteopathy as a profession is growing exponentially outside of the United States. In the U.S., osteopathic medical schools are increasing in number, but the percentage of graduates who choose to practice osteopathic manipulation, unfortunately, is not changing. So, Steve, I use the word allopathic medicine. Can you define it for our listeners? Allopathy, or allopathic medicine, is a somewhat old-fashioned term used to define Western medicine, modern medicine, conventional medicine, or the category of healthcare utilized by an MD. There are international variations in how this term is used. In the United States, the term allopathic medicine is used in contrast with osteopathic medicine, especially when defining the difference between MD medical schools and DO medical schools. In India, the term is principally used to distinguish Western medicine from Ayurveda. The term allopathy was coined in 1810 by the inventor of homeopathy, Samuel Hahnemann, and was and continues to be used to distinguish homeopathy from modern medicine. The term allopathy, or allopathic medicine, has never been fully accepted by conventional medicine and is still sometimes considered uncomplimentary. Calling an MD an allopath is considered by many physicians to be somewhat sarcastic in the modern Western medical context. It seems to me that the people who practice allopathic medicine don't even know that others call it that. Right. I agree. So, Ban, can you discuss the name osteopathy and the osteoprefix and the pathy suffix? Is the name osteopathy correct, or is it a misnomer? I, I love to talk about this subject because people aren't familiar with osteopathy, and they often think that osteopaths are bone doctors. That's an understandable assumption because the term osteopathy is made from two roots. The word osteo from the Greek, which means bone, and pathos from the Latin, which can mean suffering or disease. A.T. Still, the founder of our profession, named it this way in the late 1800s. A.T. Still was a 19th century physician and surgeon. He learned the art and skill of bone setting in Missouri and Kansas. Bone setting originally was a European tradition of healing based upon manipulation of the bones. We don't know who taught him bone setting, 
but he used these rudimentary techniques to form the foundation of what later was called osteopathy. He began with the bones, but he didn't end there. He evolved. He found that the study of bones led him to learn every detail of everything that attached to all of those bones. That led him to study all of the structures that ran over and around those bones and all of their attachments until he had explored every inch of the body. Bones are the scaffolding of our body and form the reference point of our understanding. He waxed poetic, and he acknowledged the connection of the study of anatomy to the esoteric mysteries of the body when he proclaimed, to know all of a bone in its entirety would close both ends of an eternity. He began with the bones, and he ended with a sense of wholeness that he called connected oneness. So much attention has been given to the misnomer aspects of osteopathy as a name profession, but the ultimate misnomer is orthopedic surgery. Oh, tell us, please. The prefix ortho comes from Greek, and it means straight, true, or correct. It denotes normal or to put in order. Basically, it means to straighten. Pedic is the Greek root for foot or conditions of the foot, but the true root of orthopedic is pedia which means the rearing of children or relating to children. Orthopedics as a profession was originally used for the treatment of children with skeletal deformities like bow legs or knock knees. So the next time you see your orthopedic surgeon, ask them if they are foot doctors. I don't think so. <laughs> or children's doctors who straighten out problems with kids. I'm kidding. I don't recommend insulting the doctor planning to do surgery to replace your arthritic hip or to set your broken bone. So let's talk about the name or word osteopathy in a more literary sense. As Shakespeare said in Romeo and Juliet, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Yes, I think we should just accept it as it is and move on. There's a lot to explore in those words. But now let's discuss the differences in how we name a DO. In the United States, what is the difference between a doctor of osteopathy and a doctor of osteopathic medicine? This has become a political issue that has evolved over the past century in the United States. Up until the early to mid-1990s, DO stood for Doctor of Osteopathy. Then, the American Osteopathic Association changed the definition of our initials to mean Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine, and this has become the proper name for a DO in the United States. However, the two definitions are commonly used interchangeably, especially among American DOs who graduated before the early to mid-1990s. Well, when I graduated in 1986, my diploma said Doctor of Osteopathy. And mine did too. And I proudly hung that on my office wall. Many years later, after a change in the American Osteopathic Association's policy, they reissued all previous graduates' diplomas to read Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. When mine arrived in the mail, I threw it away. I much preferred the distinction of having a degree in osteopathy. Defining all these terms that sound so similar seems like we're playing a little game of word salad, but confusion around these terms is something I deal with frequently, especially when I'm discussing osteopathy with people from other countries than the U.S. Let me switch gears a little bit and ask a very simple question. What's the difference between a DO and an OD? Ah, a very common mistake. DO in the United States stands for Doctor of Osteopathy, or as the AOA would like us to say, Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. But the initials OD stand for Optometric Doctor. 
In the United States, we call them optometrists. They're healthcare professionals who provide primary vision care. They aren't fully licensed physicians, but they are licensed to give eye exams, write prescriptions for some medications for the eyes, for contact lenses and glasses, and they treat certain basic problems and diseases of the eyes. The two professions just use the same letters in reverse. Please don't get us confused. Steve, outside of the United States, what do the initials DO stand for? Since DOs outside of the United States are not physicians, DO does not stand for Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine in Canada, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Asia, and in South America. DO in those countries stands for one of four possible designations. It stands for Diploma in Osteopathy, Degree in Osteopathy, Diplomate in Osteopathy, or in some countries, the designation is DOMP, which stands for Diploma in Osteopathic Manual Practice. Also, a very small percentage of non-American DOs are MDs. These people became MDs first and then later attended an osteopathic school. Their formal degree designation includes both MD and DO. Let's continue to narrow down our definitions. What is the difference between an osteopath in an osteopathic physician? Well, the answer to that question varies a little depending on the country we're in. In the United States, most people only use the term osteopath to casually refer to someone who practices hands-on osteopathy, even though, as DOs trained in the U.S., they are officially osteopathic physicians. DOs who practice medical or surgical specialties and don't utilize osteopathic manipulation prefer to be called osteopathic physicians, or really just plain physicians. They would be insulted by being called osteopaths. This is sad and unfortunately true. The American Osteopathic Association has officially defined an osteopathic physician as an American-trained DO whose osteopathic education was integrated into their medical training, and an osteopath as a non-American DO who exclusively practices osteopathy and osteopathic manipulation. So Steve, now let's talk about the difference between osteopathy and osteopathic medicine. I know that we keep asking the same question in different ways, using similar but different terms, and what I'm going to say next is somewhat repetitive. This has become a political issue, and the proper semantic definition of what an American DO does is osteopathic medicine. Outside of the U.S., a DO does osteopathy. But... For those who practice hands-on osteopathy, the two terms are interchangeable. Let's look at our profession in a different way. In my opinion, osteopathic medicine needs to join all of the great healing systems of the world, including Chinese medicine, Tibetan medicine, homeopathic medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and allopathic medicine. So, Steve, in your viewpoint, does osteopathy exist without osteopathic manipulation? No. I agree. An American osteopath who does not utilize osteopathic manipulation is not practicing osteopathic medicine or osteopathy. They are exclusively practicing medicine. Bon, do all American DOs use osteopathic manipulation every day in their practices? Unfortunately, the answer here is no. It seems that only about 5% of all American DOs practice osteopathic manipulation. That means that 95% of DOs do not utilize OMT or osteopathic manipulation at all. Unfortunately, 
The vast majority of American DOs practice identically to an MD, and you cannot tell the difference. Throughout our podcast, we will be generous and will be using the 95-5 rule. In reality, there are fewer than 5% of American DOs who specialize in or utilize osteopathic manipulation on a regular basis. Is osteopathic manipulation considered alternative medicine? Not really. One definition of alternative medicine is treatments or procedures not formally taught or included in the standard curriculum of an accredited medical school. Since osteopathic medical schools are accredited and DOs in the United States are fully licensed physicians and osteopathic manipulation is a part of the standard curriculum of every American DO, then technically osteopathic manipulative treatment is not alternative medicine, but is a part of customary medical care offered by an American osteopathic physician. This is the way AT still intended it to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Bon, do American DOs get extra training in nutrition, exercise therapies, meditation, the use of herbs or supplements, or what is called complementary and alternative medicine? No, American DOs don't. These topics are not part of osteopathic training in the United States. However, many DOs who practice osteopathy tend to be interested in these so-called alternative approaches, and they seek extra training in them. We both did. We keep using the term osteopathic manipulation, but we haven't defined that one yet. Steve, what is osteopathic manipulation? First, we commonly use the initials OMT which stands for Osteopathic Manipulative Treatment, to describe the work that we do. Let me read my brief description of OMT. Osteopathic manipulation is the unique form of manual medicine or manipulative medicine used by DOs around the world. OMT is not a technique, but is the application of a clinical philosophy based upon osteopathic principles. Osteopathic manipulation is most commonly applied to the neuromuscular skeletal system, the nerves, muscles, bones, and connective tissues. But it is also used to treat problems of the viscera, circulation, lymphatics, and extracellular fluids. Osteopathic manipulation treats somatic dysfunctions or abnormal functions of any aspect of the body or soma. Abnormal functions occur all the time in humans of every age. Most of the time, the body's natural therapeutic actions correct, restore, mend, or heal disease, illness, or injuries. When the body's healing actions are blocked, then the specific application of osteopathic manipulation can remove the physical obstructions allowing for normalization of function. The goal of osteopathic manipulation is not to fix the body, but to create an environment that encourages a natural therapeutic process. Bonnie, we've used the term hands-on osteopath or hands-on osteopathic physician. What does the term hands-on osteopath mean? So people who practice osteopathic manipulation casually refer to themselves as hands-on osteopaths, ten-fingered osteopaths. Some call themselves traditional or classical osteopaths. These are all casual terms, and no one has officially defined them. But those of us who do hands-on osteopathy know what these terms mean. I consider it a compliment to be called a ten-fingered or hands-on osteopath who practices traditional or classical osteopathy. So do I. <laughs> okay, so does osteopathic manipulation address emotions or the mind in the mind-body connection? 
This is a really important question, and there's so many different angles to come at in answering it. The answer is officially no. Traditional osteopathy did not address what we think of as the mind-body connection. The word mind meant something very different in the early days of osteopathy. But osteopathy changes with the culture, and now many present-day osteopaths consider the thoughts, the emotions, cognitive state, and the general mental health of our patients to be part of what we treat. However, I believe it's tricky territory. Most osteopaths aren't specifically trained to deal with mental health issues. But anyone in practice will tell you that it inevitably arises when we care for people. And it's interesting to note how the so-called mind responds to osteopathic treatment. So here's an example from my practice. While I wouldn't specifically treat what some people refer to as somatic psychological issues, I always felt like it was important to address how people spoke of their experience and had an image in their mind of their body if somebody thought they had a bad hip. They might need to have a cognitive shift in order for their hip to respond to treatment. Another great example, somebody comes in to see me with chronic neck pain or headaches, they might need a new job or a divorce more than they need an osteopathic treatment, and sometimes I would bring that up with the people I treated. Throughout the world, many osteopaths have come to value this modern view of the mind-body connection, and this has become part of the evolution of osteopathy. So this is a good point to transition to going back and addressing the current status quo definition of osteopathic medicine in the United States. We need to look at the tenets established by the American Osteopathic Association, also referred to as the AOA. The AOA defines osteopathic medicine as, and I quote, number one, the body is a unit. The person is a unit of body, mind, and spirit. Number two, the body is capable of self-regulation, self-healing, and health maintenance. Number three, structure and function are reciprocally interrelated. Number four, rational treatment is based on an understanding of the basic principles of body unity, self-regulation, and the interrelationship of structure and function. Okay, Steve, are these four concepts or tenets distinct? No, they're not distinct, and they're not unique. And I don't think they're different enough. Earlier on, we used the term or word undemanding to describe these four concepts developed by the AOA. They're too general. They're too nonspecific. They're too indistinct. They don't tell patients who we are in detail. When I was in my MD family practice residency in the late 1980s, these four concepts were very similar to the holistic approach outlined by the American Academy of Family Physicians. And it's not just about family physicians. When I look at these four concepts and I think of people I know who are nurses or herbalists or acupuncturists or massage therapists, I think they would all agree that these are things that they consider just plain good health care. When it really comes down to it, the purpose of this podcast is to demonstrate our distinctiveness. And the entire podcast is going to be oriented towards showing the world that osteopathy and osteopathic medicine is different, unique, and deserves attention. So several times in this conversation, we've referred to the fact that osteopathy is not a technique, but that it's the application of a clinical philosophy. What does that mean to you, Steve? We've said over and over again that osteopathic manipulation is not a technique. 
It's the hands-on application of a clinical philosophy. And we're going to be spending a considerable amount of time in the rest of the podcast discussing this issue. Osteopathic manipulation is not a modality. A modality is a physical therapy term used to describe interventions beyond exercise prescriptions such as ultrasound, cold laser therapy, electric stimulation, therapeutic use of heat and cold, etc. Osteopathic manipulation is not performed in isolation from osteopathic philosophy, and osteopathic philosophy is incomplete without osteopathic manipulation. Well, it feels to me like we've defined a few key terms, but we've really only partially defined what is osteopathy. We need to go into much greater detail to better inform our listeners. Join us for our next episode, What is Osteopathy Part 2, where we will build the bridge that connects osteopathic philosophy to clinical practice. Thank you for listening to Osteopathy Unplugged. We have created a collection of foundational episodes free of charge. These teachings will provide an introduction to osteopathic clinical philosophy and are available through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The initial foundational episodes are offered free of charge. The ongoing collection of Osteopathy Unplugged will be released at regular intervals and will only be available by subscription at patreon.com. Please support us by subscribing at patreon.com slash osteopathyunplugged. And remember to share our podcast with a friend or colleague. A special thanks to Corey Blake for composing the theme music for Osteopathy Unplugged. We would love to hear from you. Please post comments or questions on our Facebook page or on our Patreon homepage. We trust that upcoming episodes will address your burning questions. Until next time, be well, listen deeply, and stay curious.